Inch by inch, row by row Gonna make this garden grow All it takes is a rake and a hoe And a piece of fertile ground Inch by inch, row by row Someone bless these seeds I sow Someone warm them from below Till the rain comes tumbling Yes, it's time for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Check him out at thedailygardener.com. But, of course, here on WDEV each Saturday. The Willie Store is one of our sponsors, your True Value Hardware Store, right there on Caspian Lake in Greensboro. By Clausen's Flores Greenhouse and Perennial Farm. I was out there today, or yesterday actually, checking in with a few extra things to add to my garden. Boy, they still have terrific selection all throughout in terms of vegetable gardening items, but beautiful flower, flowers and perennial plants throughout their many greenhouses. Clausen's Flores Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Check them out for Monday coupon specials at Clausen's.com. My guys, Farm and Yard, your neighborhood community feed, grain, animal, and yard store with locations in Morrisville, Montpelier, St. Albans, and Williston, guysfarmandyard.com. By Grow Compost, compost, soils, mulches, and great gardening advice, Route 2 in Moortown. Check out their website, growcompost.com. P&R Lumber, your complete local lumber store in route, on Route 15 in Walkett. And yeah, get ready for the next season. They have wonderful cedar raised beds that are pre-cut and prefabricated. All you have to do is put them together. If I can do it, anybody can. And they've got them at PNR Lumber. Great prices too. Menards Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville, where I get my uh, my uh, bird seed for my multiple feeders. Blossom Cottage Florist, top quality flower arrangements and Taste of the North, right there on Route 302 in Barry, online at tasteofthenorth.com. Linda's Apparel, bursting with vibrant colors, stylish accessories, sparkling jewelry, and the most captivating collections of ladies' fashions around Main Street, Virgins. We were talking about Jail Branch Greenhouse, Perennials Annual Soils on Route 302 in Barry, and your locally owned Agway store. If ever there was a store that has absolutely everything, um, your locally owned Agway store, Route 2 in Montpelier. And here is Peter, top of the morning to you, or afternoon. Doggone it, I did that every week with Ed Smith. <laughs> well, top of the morning to you. Yeah, top of the morning. <laughs> morning somewhere, you know, and, and as Jimmy Buffett said, pretty soon it'll be 5 o'clock somewhere. There you go. It's 5 o'clock someplace. Well, it's 5 o'clock in the morning someplace, too. <laughs> Well, uh, today marks the day where we have uh, 99 days left of frost-free gardening. And, uh, well, there's still lots and lots to do. Unless in, you live in Saranac Lake. I don't know why that place has the earliest frost. Yeah. Ever noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Roger, said, Roger Hill says it's because it's up on a plateau. Oh, is that it? that creates certain mm -hmm. conditions. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they'll, they'll get their August <laughs> frost. <laughs> but anyway... Well, sorry, with, sorry with, to interrupt. You with, got, you with noted exceptions. Yeah, the caffeine is kicking in much too fast, so I'll just turn <laughs> off my microphone. No, no, don't do that. Oh, 99 days left of frost-free gardening, and uh, there's still plenty to do. And um, I think I, I have always uh, tried to stress that 
Um, Memorial Day is not the first day of of uh, gardening, uh, that it is one of many days to plant. And I like to plant in the fall spinach for the spring garden. I like to plant all kinds of spring veggies for uh, for salads and anything and everything that can go in that's frost-free. So we really start gardening in, in April and in May. And uh, in in May, before the last day, frost-free last day, there's lots of things we can plant, many brassicas. Um, and then, of course, Memorial Day, the, the traditional day to plant. Um, we put in our tomatoes and peppers and all those, um, those warm, loving plants. And, uh, but today is a good time to do your second planting of your lettuces and your mescalines so that you have plenty to go because actually it will be in a couple of weeks where your first plantings of lettuces will start to bolt and they'll start to get bitter and uh, well you need more so now's the time to think about planting lettuce seeds and you'll probably still can find some lettuce sets um, uh, my son and I went to uh, the uh, jail branch and found some beautiful red romaine it was very nice looking and so we planted that this week and of course the mescaline seeds you know you there's oh there's about oh four or five maybe a dozen different varieties of mescaline both the lettuces and then the the oh mustard greens and all kinds of stuff you can plant so um you want to go ahead and uh, plant those second ones. And then uh, for my wife and I, we love to make uh, kimchi. And uh, it's right about mm, the end of June, beginning of July, we will actually plant from seed daikon radishes and Chinese cabbage. And those actually, uh, we specifically plant them late so that they're they're ready late they seem to do really well in the um you know and grow beautiful heads of chinese cabbage and beautiful long you know daikon radishes and they'll typically be a good oh, eight ten maybe even bigger depending on how your soil is but they're just wonderful wonderful um uh source of uh uh you know greens for your for your um kimchi and uh then of course with the the carrots and the garlic that we get and then i'll i'll do a little other greens to put in there and some uh green onions and that type of stuff but this is the the time of year you want to get ready to to plant um uh, daikon and um, chinese cabbage so we're not done planting we're just going to continue on planting right through the season so don't forget those uh, second plantings and uh, that is um, one of my, my wife's uh, favorite um, um, things in the garden is to, to grow uh, uh, green manures, and, and we use them quite a lot. Um, green manure is a great way to, uh, uh, to add to your rotation of crops. Um, many of the green manures help to fight weeds and and suppress different uh, suppress weeds and and actually uh, uh, kill suppress the nematodes in your garden. 
Um, green manures are, well, we used to call them cover crops because you don't really want a lot of bare soil in the garden. You want to keep uh, something growing in each one of your each one of your beds. So if you have an open bed that you don't plan to use for a little while, well, think about planting a green manure. Uh, my wife will, always ends up the season trying to plant as many as the open beds as we can with uh, with a winter rye. Uh, winter rye is is um, well as it as it states it is hardy throughout the whole winter season and uh, it will start growing again in the spring and it looks just like grass and then it'll grow you know two feet high and and actually if you let it it will it will go ahead and and um, mature you'll have mature grains but usually for a cover crop or for a green manure you really want to um, you really want to turn it in before it it matures and the things that the that a cover crop or a green manure will do for you is uh, it'll uh, it helps suppress the weeds as I mentioned and it'll help control the nematodes and oh well we have a call all right well we'll get back to nematodes and all the rest uh, in just a minute let's take a call from what is that Mona 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 in, oh, okay in North Ferrisburg Mona welcome Hi. Welcome. You know, my husband has turned me on to your program, and he <laughs> loves it. He listens to it every Saturday, and I usually work on Saturday, but I'm home, so you have to listen to me. <laughs> well, it's my pleasure. Welcome, and thank you so much for listening. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I have a question. Last year, I bought some um, garlic from a company in Oregon mm -hmm. yep. uh, called, I think it's called Oh, it starts with an F. I can't even remember. That's fine. However, I planted four different kinds of garlic uh -huh. and shallots. I yeah. planted them in about October. They're all doing very, very well. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure when to harvest them. Is there a physical sign I can see? Yep, there's a, there's a lot of signs. Are they hard neck or soft neck? Uh, so I have some hard and some soft neck. Okay. Well, your soft necks will probably uh, will be ready to, to harvest in, in early October, probably. The, the thing that you'll see is usually uh, the leaves will actually start to turn brown. And you'll think, oh, my gosh, they're dying. Well, they are dying. They're, they're starting to put all their energy into the cloves. And uh, usually they say when about a, a third of the, the top is starting to turn brown, that's time to pull them. And uh, the okay. same, same thing is true um, with the hardnecks, you usually get a scape, which is, is usually, uh, it's like a bulb yes. at the top, okay? Yes. So after the scape, now a lot of people like to, to harvest the scapes. My husband's a chef, and he does, he does cook scapes. Oh, and absolutely roasted. Uh, you put them on the, on the grill for about four minutes and turn them, and they're absolutely just as delicious as asparagus, I have to say. And uh, if you've never tried that, um, but yeah, you can you can make soup stocks with them. You can fry them up, and and uh, they're they're a good stir fry. But you probably know all that. How do you use your scapes? Well, I don't know, but my husband does. I don't cook anything. I bake. But my <laughs> husband, how do you use your scapes, honey? <laughs> He's out in the garage. Uh, oh, that's he all right. Well. 
Well, to get back to your point about when to harvest, usually after the scapes, um, you know, are uh, start to form and stuff, you'll see the same thing. The 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 leaves will start to brown up, and so about one th- one third. And the thing you can do, don't don't hesitate to pull one and to look. And and what you want to see is that the cloves are individually formed. If it's too soon, you'll they'll it'll look like one big solid bulb. But if they, yeah. um, if it's if the cloves have started to form, they they you know for, start to form that paper, the the waxy covering over each individual bulb, then you'll know that you're you're starting to get ready. So there's a couple of different those are a couple of different ways you can test, right? And for, for did you have a question? No, no. Oh, okay. For me, what I like to do, and and I know uh, this is a little bit different than what you read in. What I actually do is I, I pull my bulbs, I knock off the the dirt off of the roots, and actually I wash out the roots and cut them with my scissors, and then I'll cut off uh, uh, almost. Uh, I'll leave. I cut off almost the whole stem. I'll cut off at least uh, two, you know an inch or two a stub, leaving a, an inch or two of a stub. And then I'll put those right on a screen and let them dry, uh, not in sun, but in, you know, in open air, you know, like a garage or, you know, a woodshed or something like that. And um, that's the way I, I like to, I find that they're, they're less likely to, to mold or make molds or to, um, to have problems in storage. So that's the way I like to do them. Regarding that, so you cut the roots off, yep, and you cut the stem mm-hmm. uh, down to two inches, did yep. you say? Yep, and then you dry them out. And what's the best way to store them uh, to get them to store as long as possible? Well, I, I like to uh, uh, a couple of different things. They're they're not going to store forever. That's a guarantee. And at some point, they just get kind of punky, and and uh, so they'll store. What I do is dark and cool. Uh, I'll use a brown paper bag or, uh, you know, um, I have a couple of uh, my garlic bags that I use that are just like the ones you, you get from the grocery store. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they you don't want them in like a tight container, so they, you want them to breathe a little bit. Right. Um, and you also, you can store them in, in a refrigerator. If you have an old refrigerator, they'll store really well in, in that kind of thing. And then, um, the other way to store them, of course, is, uh, is to actually to dry them and you can dry them. They dry real well. And then of course you can dry them and make a powder out of them, you know? And so what you want to do is you kind of want to figure how much do I want over the winter? You know, how much they'll last up until about, um, February and then once February comes they'll start to start to go bad so you want to figure well okay I need you know two clo or two you know two bulbs a, a week and store that many and then if you have more then you want to start thinking about uh, uh, storing them in other ways whether it's uh, in the free- freezer or the fridge or the you know powdering them or drying them or some people actually uh, p- peel the cloves and put them right in in olive oil, and that's uh, that's an old Italian uh, trick that they use. Um, although nowadays they suggest that you keep that olive oil and the and the peeled garlic in the fridge to uh, to prevent uh, botulism. You know, uh, although for years and years uh, I know lots of Italian uh, folks where where I live out in Youngstown, Ohio, where I grew up. I mean. 
uh, they used to store them in their garage and uh, you know they seem to have no problem with it but anyway the the today they recommend that you put them in the fridge and so but if I you think, I think we do have a fridge in our garage there you go yeah. I like in the fridge uh-huh. you know my husband says that uh, we go to this pizza place yep. and um, he tells them not to use any garlic because he knows that they use jarred garlic. Uh-huh. He thinks they do because it tastes different, and he's that, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they do. Mm-hmm. They, they swear they use fresh garlic, and my husband said, no, they, they don't. <laughs> so we don't we don't order garlic on our pizza, but I yeah. love garlic. So yeah. So love well, we probably do that. That's right, and and the the garlic, it's just like your homegrown tomatoes. There's nothing compares nothing compares with them, um, and the same thing with your garlic. It's just uh, it's really terrific. So um, so I'd like to hear how how your garlic harvest goes, and I'd like I'll call I'll call when it's time, and I'm glad I called you because I was going to pull everything up in July. That's no, that'd be a little summer. soon. Yeah, yeah. Make yeah. sure you check them. I will. Well, okay. welcome, Mona, and thanks for the call, and call again. I will. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay. Fred um, from Moncton? Moncton Ridge. All right. Hey, Fred, Hello. how's it going? Good. How are you? <laughs> Good. Uh, I have put too much nitrogen on my uh, Mexican tomato plants. Uh-huh. I have... Uh, I bought a bag of ProGrow, and I put about, oh, I don't know, about four or five times on as much as I was supposed to. I misled <laughs> the bag. And is there anything I can do to unnitrify <laughs> what the damage I've done? They're kind of, the, the plants are coming up very green, Yeah. Uh, of course, which they would with all that nitrogen in it. And sure. I'm just wondering about setting fruit later on, or bud as we call it. In the yeah. mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, well, is there any how how are like your uh, mm-hmm. how are your tomatoes planted? Are they like in a roll row, or are they on a trellis, or how how they're, how? Just, they're, they're not tomato plants. They're you know marijuana plants. Oh oh, Mexican tomato plants is what we call them. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Well, uh, one of the There's things of them, one of the things that will draw um, uh, nitrogen out of the soil is uh, wood chips, and you could mulch them really heavy with wood chips, and that would tend to draw some of the nitrogen out of the soil. Matter of fact, wood chips, uh, if you use them too much, they'll, you know, in a regular old garden with regular old tomatoes, um, yellow out on you. They'll yeah. yellow out on you. Yeah. So yeah. you could. Uh, that would be probably number one. Okay, okay, number two is to is just a good old watering. Matter of fact, yep. you know, water them in excess for a little while. Yep. Um, but of course, they're sort of like tomatoes; they don't want to have their feet wet. So, you want to you want to make sure that you only do that a little bit, and maybe do it sooner than later, and then uh, okay. maybe do it uh, once a week, just a real good, yeah. you know. And I, and I treated them all with microrise, and I almost wish I hadn't now because that makes them take up all the nutrients quicker and faster <laughs> and better. <laughs> You know, so I, I didn't know if I was stepping on my own foot. This, uh, that. Sounds like you're over anxious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait till fall. Great show. Thank you. 
I'm glad you enjoyed it, Fred. Good luck. Okay. Okay. Uh, he, need, he needs something something to mellow himself out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he might just have that in his garden, come to think I, of it. I, 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 um. <laughs> <laughs> On that happy note, we are brought to you by a number of fine sponsors, and these among them. Get a load of the racks at Linda's Apparel. A tradition of ladies' clothing continues in downtown Virgins at Linda's Apparel and Gifts. Spring is in full bloom with vibrant colors, stylish accessories, sparkling jewelry, and the most captivating collections of ladies' fashions around. Soft, eye-catching pastels, effervescent splashes of color, simple to essential, graceful lines, and functional comfort. Freshen up what's in your closet for the warmer days ahead at Linda's Apparel, Main Street, Virgins. Where do you find locally grown plants? At Montpelier Agway, of course. Their nursery is full of locally grown annuals, perennials, vegetables, herbs, and hanging baskets. Buy six six-inch annuals for just $36, and all trees, shrubs, and blueberries are 20% off. Montpelier Agway, locally owned. Route 2, Montpelier. Lumber Route 15 Wolcott has lumber for all your needs. Spruce, pine, hemlock, and cedar. We sell both rough and plain lumber. PR Lumber has shiplap, square edge, Italian groove, V groove, live edge planks, and tuba six V groove. Five quarter decking is available in cedar and tamarack. PR Lumber 472 6636. Weekdays 7 to 4 30, Saturdays 8 to noon. That's 472 6636. Local lumber, local service. Put us first. It's In the Garden with Peter Burke. Again, our telephone number is the uh, local 802 number is 244-1777. That'll get you right in. And uh, toll-free from anywhere, most anywhere, 877-291-8255. And once again, here's Peter. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. Um, so uh, going back to the idea of cover crops until we get our next call, um, the, my wife oftentimes will plant uh, winter rye right out around through the whole garden. Now I, I I complain a little bit about the the winter rye because it it makes such a root mass that I really have to work to dig it up and turn it over and let it decompose and all the rest. So uh, sometimes she will plant instead of winter rye, she'll plant regular old annual rye and annual rye grass. Uh, is is actually um, they say they call it a nitrogen scavenger. So, in and uh, it'll will actually uh, you know you uh, draw up the the nitrogen out of the soil. So that's it's a great way to you know preserve that nitrogen that you've put into it. So uh, and, and the great thing about that that uh, uh, annual rise that over the winter it does kill back. So by the time you're ready to start planting in the early spring, all you have to do is, you know, just rake it up and, and that's it. Oh, we got another call. Well, uh, Brenda in Huntington? Yes. Okay, Brenda, welcome. Hi, thank you. Yeah. Um, I have a question about uh, kale plants. I, you know, bought a little four-pack or six-pack of sure. kale plants, yeah. and I planted them. And some of them are doing really well, well and about third of them are just wilting and everything and when I kind of uh, wiggle the stem it feels very loose with as opposed to the ones that are doing well that you can tell that the roots are really taking yep taking hold mm -hmm. and I also notice that you know when you plant 
these kind of plants, same with tomato plants, the root ball is so thick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so and so I'm, you know, what I try to do when I uh, plant them, I try to Open gently them. tease out the roots. Mm-hmm. But could a root bounding problem be the reason why th- some of these plants don't? Probably not. That that's probably not that they're root bound. Although, uh, when you when you get uh, the root bounding is usually you'll notice it in your your broccoli is a small head or something like that. Uh, wh- what it sounds like you have, and and this is you're going to have to dig around in the soil is that there's the the uh, root maggot, Uh-oh. and. Uh, um, it's it's a very nearly fatal disease, and um, that would be um, uh, at this point what I, what I have done that seems to save them in in your state is just take some wood ashes and use like a pen or a pencil and and mix it in right around where they are and water it good. Oh, perfect! And uh, a lot of wood ashes. Yeah, yeah. So and be generous with the wood ashes and see if you can't kill those those little root maggots in there because they don't like the 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 acid of the of that and the, it doesn't seem to affect the the plants too much but that that's is sounds like what you have and what that does is if you pull one up you know take maybe the one the worst of it you pull it up you'll see the the little wiggly maggots in there and they look like about the size of a grain of rice and they're little white things okay um and, and that would be my first guess um, I've I've had a struggle with that, and and it sounds very very similar to that, and okay. it's it's on the cabbage plants, you know, most uh-huh, you know most right. frequently, um, and sometimes it's carried in from the from the set itself, you know, and it's a very hard to to really tell. Yeah. Um, one of the things, if this is a problem for you ongoing, uh, one of the ways to prevent them is to is to use the um, um, you know the remy cloth over the you know hoop house, because it does come usually it comes in as a fly and and then it it early in the spring it it lays its eggs right on the roots there, and then when they um, when they mature or when they you know the the eggs uh, mature they become little maggots, uh-huh. and so that's the cycle. So by you know putting the barrier up, you're going to break that cycle for you. And so that those are two things. Um, I'm not sure what else it could be, but I I would guess on that. And if you take a look around, uh, call me next week if if that if you don't think that's the right thing. Okay. Um, uh, other than that, uh, you know, I'm, I assume you're watering them every day. Uh, well, not every day, but yeah. every at least every other day if it's not raining. If it's not raining, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's not a moisture. It's not a moisture problem then. And the other thing you could try if they're set back from that is a foliar feed. You know, there are, you know, there are good um, uh, organic uh, foliar sprays that you can spray on them. And even even a um, a fish emulsion and and, uh, seaweed emulsion mix Mm -hmm. is a great foliar feed. And and, uh, that we you'd just spray on. You could use a little hand sprayer or you could use a backpack sprayer or one or the other. And just give them a little extra shot there, because uh, whatever's hitting them is is they'll they'll need the the little right. help there. Okay, thank you very much, Brenda. You're very That's welcome. Great. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you, Brenda. And uh, let's identify ourselves. 
and then we'll check in with uh, our friend Forbes in Corinth, who's on the line. We'll uh, do that right after these timely words. Clausen's is celebrating spring with Clausen grown annuals, perennials, vegetables, and herbs. At Clausen's, you'll find festive plants, seeds, colorful pottery, unique gifts and novelty items, as well as fabulous new garden accents and a full-service flower shop. Print out your weekly coupons from Clausen's online at Clausen's.com. Spring is here at Clausen's florist greenhouse and perennial farm 187 main street colchester open seven days a week think spring think Lawson's. Father's Day is this Sunday. Hi, this is Tiffany from Menards Agway. The grandkids, my sisters and I would like to wish our dad, Ernie or Papa, a very happy Father's Day. Spoil your dad with great grilling items like charcoal, tools, smoking chips, and more. We also have a large selection of food plot mixes. Not sure what to get? We have gift certificates available at family owned and operated Menards Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place. Open seven days a week. Brooklyn Street, Morrisville. Don't forget to refill that barbecue tank for just $12.99. You are listening to WDEV News Radio, a network of stations owned and operated by the Radio Vermont Group. 96.1 WDEV FM, Warren and Waitsfield. 96.5 W243 AT Berry. 98.3 W252 CU Montpelier. Along with our founding station, AM550 WDEV Waterbury Montpelier. And online at WDEVradio.com. And on the line for Peter, here's Forbes from Corinth. Hey, Forbes. Hi, how are Welcome. you today? Oh, good. How about yourself? Great, great. Voles, moles, and meadow mice. <laughs> okay. Uh, they were a big problem. Yeah, yeah, I agree. What, um, has anyone ever played with uh, essential oils or anything of that nature? That might... uh, yes, uh, some of the... Um... Uh, some of the the what do they call the the mole uh, well, what is it what is it that they use I know garlic uh, spray and uh, I'm trying to think I think also that the peppermint um, but uh, I'd have to look it up I have oh, to look oh, it up okay. but, but they uh, are a problem they, they sure are Major. and uh, <laughs> so what what are you trying anything. Well, uh, some peppermint. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you don't want anything that's going to create a systemic uh, to any plant. Yep. But uh, I've tried that. Yeah. And uh, uh, we don't go the mothball route. Oh, you don't? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. No. Uh, Perimeter-wise, it's not bad. Yeah. But not near the plant. I don't know. It's, it's a constant battle. Well, I've mentioned on the show before um, uh, Elliot Coleman's book uh, where he does the greenhouses that uh, moles were, were a huge problem in the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. And what he did is he, he made a, a little box, about a 10 by 10 box out of wood with a hole on one end. And uh, they seem to, to like to go into a hole uh, like that. And so, and then at the end of it, he would have um, uh, some uh, strawberry bubblegum uh, in a trap, and he would trap them. And oh, okay. so, uh, what happens is, uh, with a, like a, a lot of these, uh, you know, rodents, right? They actually have um, uh, like a colony, and um, you you sort of have to uh, try to cut back on the col- colony. It's sort of like um, chipmunks in a way. Uh, chipmunks usually set up a colony, you know, 
every so many yards or feet or miles or whatever. And, you know, you try to set back that colony. So by, you know, trapping them over a period of time, you'll notice, of course, you're getting fewer and fewer. Um, I know when I trap the trap mice or moles, I, I might get to oh, 12, 13 or so, and then all of a sudden it just tapers off. And, and so they'll be back. You're, you're definitely not going to kill that colony, but you can set it back so that at least you can harvest your, your carrots and your beets. And, you know, those are the things that they seem to really eat up a lot. I don't know what, you, what problem you're having. Well, I, um, I'm extensive blueberries, and they, um, mm. of course, find, find feeder root in a blueberry. Yeah. And they really, uh, they burrow down and then... Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I would try. I would. The best way to, to deal with them, of course, is to trap them. And you know, there's. I, I really like those. You know what they call them? Jaws. The plastic ones. Now, the wooden ones are completely worthless. The they don't. They barely even snap once. And and uh, but I the the plastic ones. You know, uh, you get them at the hardware store. And you know they will call you, cost you, you know, four, three, four, five bucks. Um, and I find that uh, those ones will last uh, a long time. They do a good job of trapping. And um, <laughs> the strawberry gum, you can try that or whatever else, you know, peanut butter. But uh, if you if you put them in a little box like that, then you're not gonna have the uh, dogs or cats, you know, uh, stepping into the trap. Uh, there is a, a trade magazine mm-hmm. that uh, has some uh, organically approved uh, bait, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, what it specifically does to them, but it apparently kills them, and it has been approved. I've got to research that a little more, but <clears throat> it is available. I'm going to check into it. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, whatever you use for bait, you know, is... Uh you know, it's pretty easy to to put something organic in there, like peanut butter or whatever. Right. You know, so I. Uh, but the idea of just setting up a, a trap so that, you know, and you'll find out whether it takes one or two or five, you know, or one every three feet. How long is your is your row of uh, of uh, blueberries? Well, they're um, fifty in a row. Fifty in a row. Uh, seven feet apart. Uh-huh. Yeah, so um, you know, if if you don't want to build the boxes, there are there are box traps that they have for mice, right. and uh, you know you might catch a few mice in there too. But if the the moles are out there in, in that number, you probably will catch mostly the moles. It's a, it's a running gun battle. Oh yeah, uh, the the problem. I, I mean, I I hate to say it, but I've never had a a lot of luck with the repellents. You know. Um, right. e- even the garlic spray and the stuff, they, they work pretty well for bugs and stuff, but I don't find that they really, you know, the repellent will work uh, for a while as long as it's, you know, fresh or new. But as soon as you start to, you know, you get the, the those moist uh, mornings and it starts, the moisture will start to wash it down and thin it out. And, you know, you don't really know because you're not smelling it. You don't really know at what point it's not going to repel them anymore, and all of a sudden they'll be back at it again. Right, like Kinder or any of those products. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's great, and I like the idea, but um, in this case, I, I'm just one who believes that if you really want to get rid of them, you're going to have to trap them and kill them and cut back on that colony. Right, and if you do uh, run into some good information on the two-spotted uh, Drophilia, uh, that's pretty important. That's a devastating uh, insect for berries. The two-spotted um, Drophilia, yeah. It's, yeah. Fly. it's an Asian food fly. It's a new arrival. I oh, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And, and what's that last word? Two-spotted what? Drosphila. Uh, well, it's a two-spotted uh, fruit fly, Asian yeah. fruit fly. Oh, okay. Our American fruit fly only will attack an injured fruit. Uh-huh. But these actually take a perfectly good fruit and puncture it. It looks like a hypothermic needle. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then it, it, it is a little maggot on the inside. Right. Yeah, yeah. A little soft, but yeah, can, okay. uh, within a few days, they can devastate an entire crop. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's, um, in Pennsylvania, there's uh, hundreds of acres just abandoned because they can't deal with it. They can't deal with it. No, There's no trap? Uh, that, that uh, yeah, you can use um, uh, cider vinegar. Uh-huh. Uh, type of trap with tangle foot. Uh -huh, yeah. You can build them. Yeah. And uh, they will uh, go after that and you can trap them out. Mm -hmm, yeah. Or any of your uh, well, Captain Jacks, things like that, if you're doing organic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Captain Jacks. You've got Jack. to catch it perfectly because within days they can completely annihilate your crop. Wow. Berries or raspberries or anything. Um, yeah, okay, so the cider vinegar uh, trap with the tanglefoot, or the right. spinosad. Right, uh, like a Dixie, Dixie cup, you know, with a cover and whatnot, and then take uh, and heat up a screwdriver and poke uh -huh. some holes in it, uh -huh. or just burn them. Yeah, yeah. And they uh, have a tendency to go in, they'll drown if they get in, but the tanglefoot will catch them first. <laughs> well, I've seen uh, it... Uh, or is it uh, Gardner Supply have these uh, nice little, um, you know, fancy traps, right? You could, right. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure the... You yeah, you'd have a $1,000. <laughs> you might, yeah, yeah. So you'd want to figure out something a little bit easier. Yeah. Right. Never right. ending. Yeah, it is, yeah, it is. It's environment, we're but just living in it. Blueberries uh, make it worthwhile, worth the effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really does, because I pick your own, and people come in from everywhere. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh. And then I try to freeze. I pick the top. Plants are up about seven feet, so wow. I pick the tops out and I freeze those and sell them all winter. Oh, man. And let the people get the over one. Yeah, yeah. Well, the... Uh, uh, have a crop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what, you know, I think that the, uh, what is it called, the Repel-X is one of the, the vole mole gopher uh, repellents there. Right. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff like that, but, you know. Right. Where uh, blueberries, or any of the raspberries, blueberries, they have a very shallow root. Yep. So yep. you got to be very careful as to what, what you put on. What do you use for a mulch? Um, I use uh, wood chip. Oh, yeah, wood chips. And um, it's, uh, you know, a pine, uh -huh. uh, sawdust. Yeah, so it's a little on the acidic side then. Right. Uh-huh. Say yeah. like a five three to a five five. Yeah, yeah. Acidic base. Acidic, yeah. So uh, I suspect that if you put your traps down, sort of in the in the the mulch there, 
that'd probably be the most effective. But I don't know. You'd have to fool around with a little bit. Um, if you if you haven't seen that book, um, it's uh, Elliot Coleman's book on uh, Four Seasons Farm, and uh, it is a pretty descri- good description and a photograph in there too of his his mole traps. Yeah, I'll check that out. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Appreciate it. All right. Good luck, and let All me right. know. Yeah, you too. Thank you, Forbes. If I could put my two cents in, yeah. I only use this to um, repel mice that come into the house. Mm-hmm. I think they know that I take a, a charitable approach to all life forms. <laughs> so, but uh, peppermint oil, mm-hmm. as as, uh, as Forbes at the very beginning yep. um, uh, indicated, yeah. uh, peppermint oil will repel them. And I'll tell you how I do this. First of all, when you buy it, yeah. uh, check online because with uh, all these uh, uh, natural remedy places, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of diluted forms are sold. But you can, if you look hard enough, you, you can find uh, unadulterated peppermint oil and if you buy like a, a quart bottle of it it's a little expensive but it will it will last you forever and at, at any rate with the um, with the pure peppermint oil uh, saturate a couple of uh, cotton balls that you just buy in the in the drugstore sure put them in a sandwich baggie or a, you know a, a pint-sized baggie or yep. I use a sandwich one and poke a couple of holes in it so that the peppermint smell comes out don't just throw the saturated uh, cotton balls anywhere because you'll, you'll stain whatever you're putting it on with the oil. Sure. So you put it in these baggies and punch a couple of holes in it, the smell comes out, mm-hmm. and it'll repel your house mouse, which is the mus musculus. Uh-huh. They don't like that at all, mm-hmm. cute little house mice. And then the, uh, the what I call the field mouse, which is the paramiscus. That's the brown guy with mm-hmm. the white belly. With the white, the, yeah. yeah. And... Um, I, li- I really like mice. I've had them as pets for a long time. But <laughs> my wife doesn't like them running around the house, so I, I, you might expect. No. But this, uh, but, so I keep tra- I keep trapping them in live traps and sending them out. Yeah. But once we put the peppermint oil all around the house, two nice things happen. The mice aren't around anymore. Yeah. And uh, the place smells like a candy factory. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it really yeah. does. <laughs> so anyway, but I've never tried it outdoors, and I expect that it, that uh, the effectiveness of peppermint oil would it, be dissipated. By it would weather. dilute, yeah, yeah, pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, but um, you'd have to try it with yeah. the the plastic bag, and yeah. uh, that actually or may. If you want to make the investment, you know, you get yourself a gallon of the peppermint oil. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that would. Uh, yeah. You know, do 10 rows of blueberries. I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, it might just, you'd have to probably spray on a regular basis, yeah, yeah. maybe once a week, yeah. but still. Might be worth that. Yeah. Well, there's another one. I hope Forbes is listening. Maybe you give that a try and let us know. <laughs> there's actually, you can get peppermint oil. Uh, there's a um, an herb store right in uh, Montpelier, yep. and I checked it out uh, the last time we were talking about peppermint for uh, ants, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. So just make sure it's undiluted because there are just so many products mm-hmm. out there. And, mm-hmm. uh, among them are the, is the pure, you know, essence you, of peppermint or whatever. You're paying a lot of money for yeah. water, right? Yes, right. No, you don't, we don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, and if anybody has an idea, another idea uh, for Forbes, I'd be really glad to hear it. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, maybe a, a C-A-T, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it did occur to me, but, uh, you know, it, you sort of have to train a cat to go after that kind of thing. And, you know, do you, you have to leave them outside at night because they're nocturnal. Yeah. 
And uh, so, anyway. Uh, my daughter has a couple of Bengal cats. I, we won't go into mm. that, but I, <laughs> I would not want to be a mouse around either of those two guys. Okay, well, let's see. I think we have a call. We're going to go right to the caller okay. and say, your first name in town. You're on the air with Peter. Yeah, it's Evan from Montpelier. Evan, welcome. Well, thank you. <clears throat> I'm calling for a little pet peeve, and I did this last year. Yeah. Uh, you keep using moles and voles interchangeably. And, and oh, no. I, I wondered about that, actually, as I was mentioning about it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to call you a couple weeks ago, but I got another, another phone call, so I got distracted. <laughs> okay, so the, the moles are the vegetarian, and the voles are the meat eaters, right? Well, yeah. Well, the voles, I guess, can really mess up a garden, but mo moles, yeah. all they do is eat worms. I mean, they don't... They don't do anything except dig holes and eat worms. And, and the best advice I ever had is, you know, don't worry because they're going to move on, and, which they normally do. Yeah. I think voles could probably be a real nasty problem. Uh -huh. I don't know about field mice and mice. i got plenty of them around my house. They've never seemed to bother my garden. But. Uh, yeah, well, I've had problems with them. but Really? What do they eat? Well, um, the, the whole bottom of my um, uh, beets... You know, the, the the beat when I went to pull them up was just like this little cap. And and you're sure that was mice? Well, I wasn't there to watch, right. that's for sure. Uh, and I, I can't say for sure, but I, I know I have a lot of field mice. Yeah. And I once saw one in the garden, so it, it I just put two and two together. Might have been the chipmunks, it might have been the voles, as you say. Yeah, the voles are apparently voracious. Yeah, yeah. So it's I should be saying voles and not moles. Yeah, that's what I would say. Okay, I've, I've v v voles are the vegetarians, and the m moles those those are the the meat eaters. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. Guess. I, I guess yeah. The worms a chunk of meat that I, they, they like worms. There you go. Yeah, yeah. The the that that's what I was thinking. That they eat worms, and that's sort of like eating meat. So. And, and peppermint oil is a great deterrent. Uh, my wife had to do that for my mother-in-law's house to to keep mice out, and it worked very very well. And how did you do it? I mean, I think she did the same thing with cotton balls. I don't remember if she put them yeah. in plastic bags. Uh huh just on a sheet of plastic yeah. or something. Well, ours seem to like to come in uh, underneath the kitchen cabinets, and then they, they'll run through the, um, the drawers that have the, uh, the silverware in them. And that, of course, you know, seeing one of those little, little black, uh, you know... Residue. Residue. <laughs> <laughs> um, it will uh, throw the house into a complete mess because all the drawers have to be cleaned out. All of them have to be emptied out. And then we have to put the traps in there and make sure that they don't come back. And So um, I, I will try the peppermint oil as a preventive in the fall when they that's when they tend to come in at our house. Yeah. And, and so... Um, the voles, right? Do you think that that's what's affecting um, uh, Forbes's uh, blueberries? Well, I'm not an expert on blueberries, but I I just can't believe that the moles are voles are known to just make a mess of gardens, and, uh -huh. and they but but moles, and I've had them a couple times. That you know, they make you get alarms go off in your head, but they don't do much. Mm -hmm. Okay. Richard Riswell had a there was some kind of a, a electric Thing that that repelled voles and oh really yes I forget well I'll ask to, I'll have to ask him you might right? want to ask him because yeah. I, I know he brought it up I think he mentioned it 
when he was a guest for Ed Smith three or four years ago or something. Oh, oh. electric. Oh, I will ask him. I don't know if it sends out a hum or, or what it does, but <laughs> I decided I didn't need it because moles were, were not the problem. <laughs> okay, good. Well, thanks. I, now I know. I'm going to have to ask, ask the, an expert. Good luck with that, then. Thanks. And it, it was Aaron, right? Evan. Evan. Oh, that's right. That's a V. Okay. Yep. All right, Evan. Thanks for calling okay. and correcting me again. <laughs> I will try to watch myself. Okay. Well, thanks for the show, and uh, I'll keep listening. <laughs> All right. Good. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. So I stand corrected. And uh, and it, it, this sort of a uh, semi-annual event here. <laughs> And uh, um, I'm glad to know, now I have sort of a way to remember that, the V for vegetarians and the M for meat eaters. Um, so where was I was uh, on the uh, cover crops and the green manures. Now, one of our favorites uh, is, is uh, uh, buckwheat. It's a very fast-growing uh, grain, and it... Uh, it uh, will. Uh, it helps the, the the soil tilt and make sure that it's nice. You know, it's also a great cover crop because it grows quickly, and uh, of course the bees love it. It's a good way to attract bees into your garden. Uh, the flowers is. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had a buckwheat honey, but it is absolutely incredible. It's almost dark dark brown and a very rich flavor. Um, I can't imagine that you grow enough to to make buckwheat honey, but anyway, um, they got nice flowers too. They have very nice flowers, and uh, and it and they also they die with the with the frost. Oh, we got Joe in Morrisville. Oh, okay. All right, let's talk to Joe then. Hello, Joe. Are you there? Hi. How are you? Uh, welcome. I'm good, thanks. And yourself? Well, sorry, I missed most of the shows. That's fine. Yeah. Which is the nature of my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been using this fertilizer, Pergro, for years. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent fertilizer, right? Yep. Yep. Well, I noticed this year there's a pellet in it. Like a big, like a, I forget what they call that, kind of like an extruded yeah. pellet. Yeah. And uh, John Coons, I don't know if that's what's, what's doing. I just wonder if anybody else had the problem, but I plant and the coons smell something, they'll go right up the row and they pot up like most of my corn. Oh, yeah. And I was just wondering if anybody else had that, because I've never had this problem before. Oh, so yeah, I... I, I there was something uh, in there that they... Have you called Northern Organics to see if there's something different in there? No, because actually today's the first day that I noticed that. Uh, you put, sort of put two and two together there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I stopped planting corn... Um, because the raccoons, I, it was almost impossible to protect them. I know, it's an exercise in futility sometimes. Well, I mean, I hate to say it, uh, because it's such a wonderful garden crop. Oh, oh, uh, I love seeing corn grow. My granddaughter, yeah. I wasn't going to plant this year, but she was a little disappointed, <laughs> so here I am. <laughs> but now the coons are, you know, not only do they get you when your corn, the day before your corn's ready yep. but now they're digging up my now food. The, it, it, it just adds insult to injury for sure. And uh, that was a new, something new in 
You you could call them and see if they're if they change something and just to find out what it is that that they're going after. Um, I, I kind of wonder if you mulched right away if it would uh, hold down the uh, the odor um, you know that's attracting them. Uh, you could try. Yeah. Curious little yeah, I know, I know, and their noses, they can smell just about anything from yeah, any some, distance. Some people think they're cute, but over the years, I've decided they're not that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, it, it, it's, uh, I, I feel the same way. But, you know, it's it's just like a weed, it's a it's a plant out of place, and the best way to, to, yeah. to, to deal with them is to try to keep them the heck out of the... Um, it's sort of. It always reminds me of, of Farmer McGregor and the, yeah. the Peter Rabbit. Is that now I know why he had that that stone wall around his garden. Yeah. <laughs> was... Exactly. So, anyway, you guys have a great show. And, uh, like I said, I'm sorry I missed most of it. But it's always good to listen to. You. Well, you can listen to it again if you're so inclined. Uh, the podcast you can go online and and listen to it and. Uh, Talking to someone that doesn't know how to turn on. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, uh, just yeah, right. I was going to say, just ask that daughter, right? That that That's six, right. the six-year-old daughter, that she'll show you. Or yeah, she'll take care. Of you. <laughs> yeah, she'll take care of you. No question about it. <laughs> well, Joe, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Angela in uh, Morrisville as well. Yes. Hi. Hey. Oh, that was a- uh, hi, um, good to see you. Thanks for taking my call, Peter. Yeah, sure. And Joel. Um, but I just comment on Joe. You answered a question we've been trying to figure out because yep. we bought the same fertilizer. Oh. And we, we actually was on the porch and it was broken into yeah. and then dug up our plant. Mm-hmm. And then we put it in a pickle barrel uh-huh. and covered it. But it, it, this animal came and took the top off. Uh. So it must have been a raccoon. I would see yeah, that. That has to be a raccoon. Yeah. yeah. But I, I had one. One other issue, too, that I just want to verify, um, you might have answered both questions today. Um, I always heard that you really shouldn't put in, like, win- uh, like the plants like tomatoes and transplant squash until after the full moon of June. Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> well, I, it, it, uh, I'm not sure when, the, when is the full moon in June. Hmm. Uh, this year, I think it's June 28th. It's oh, kind of late. Yeah, that would be really late. Yeah, that would okay. be, that would be, uh, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I think that would be really late. Okay, I yeah. heard it from some guy that w- was lived in Eden, so he probably had a different moon than us. Well, who knows? But uh, that, I'm just not sure. Uh, I mean, I just can't. I just don't know. And the fact is, is that most of your tomato plants are actually planted sometime in April. So oh. you know, when you think of it, they're actually that's when the seeds are are germinated. So you know, you're putting the a whole plant in. Um, you know, I, I I do appreciate that the, there are moon cycles and it affects things. But when you're you have to think that that those seeds were actually planted in April and you're you're transplanting a plant. Um, this I year frost Yeah, this this year has been a cool has been a cool spring. I mean a cool summer. Or okay. I guess was it still is spring, isn't it? It's yeah. been cool May, I guess let's put it that way. And uh, I 
was discouraging people from, from putting in too soon because it has been the cold nights. I mean, honestly, it was 47 last night, which is, and I think it was even cooler. It's 39 in one spot overnight. And, you know, it's the overnight te uh, temperatures do affect those heat lovers. So anyway, I, I, I have to admit, I just put some of my tomato plants in just this last week because uh, it just seemed too cold out there. But, you know, it's... It, the plants want to grow, you know, that that's their, that's their destiny. They want to grow and get just as full and, you know, wonderful and bear fruit. And, and, um, as long as they have enough of the stuff they need, you know, fertilizers and the water and the sunshine of, they're probably going to do their best to, to grow and, and, uh, you know, bear fruit. So it, Peter. All right. And if you find something out about that, um, about the the raccoon issue, <laughs> uh, I used uh, actually, um, they were getting into my compost bin, you know, and and now I, I actually, um, I put my, uh, uh, you know, the, the corn husk afterwards, you know, and the cord holes, I put them in a separate place. I don't put them in my compost bin anymore because the raccoons just cannot resist. And the only thing that I could could do was I actually used uh, duct tape to tape them down, you know, and that did that did work. They they didn't seem to be able to get around the duct tape. Although if if they had enough time, they probably would figure it out. They'd probably roll it up and throw it at me. But um, <laughs> that's a good idea. But it's also a good idea to call the company. I think. Yeah, I I'm curious to know you know if something changed that is uh, attracting the raccoons. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Well, thank you, Peter. Good show. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it, Angela. Yeah. Call again. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> so, um, you got anybody else over there? You want to do uh, the sponsors? Or yes, you... indeed. That would be a perfect time. We've got just a few minutes left, so but oh, still yeah. plenty of time for a call or two or three. So, uh, but uh, we do want to acknowledge uh, the good folks that uh, really can supply everything you need for your garden and uh, who make this program possible. We sell quite a few of the breeds at the store when we have our chick days in the, in the spring. You put an order in and you go pick them up. We've taken the grandchildren with us before to pick them out. We have about probably around 15 chickens. Me and my sister take care of all the animals. For introduction to dealing with a farm animal, chickens have got to be one of the best ways to go. They're actually very easy to take care of. Chick days have arrived, so print order forms online and bring them to any guy's farm and yard location, including our newest store in St. Albans. If you think about shopping where you can find everything you need, local foods, beers, wines and cheeses, local produce and breads and groceries, a full hardware department, clothing and footwear that are the best names and quality, the cheapest gas around, and housewares, think no further than the family-owned Willie's Store in downtown Greensboro. Willie's brand spices, meats and seafood, gardening and sugaring supplies. If Willie's doesn't have it, you certainly can get along without it. The Willie's Store across from Caspian Lake in Greensboro, like them on Facebook. This is Lisa from Grow Compost of Vermont. I'm dreaming of peas and radishes, flowers, and fresh tomatoes. Spring has arrived, and Grow Compost is here to nourish your organic garden. Pick some up or call to schedule a delivery today. Contact us to arrange food scrap pickup service for your business or organization. Find us on Route 2 in Moortown or contact us at growcompost.com. Grow Compost, exceptional local soil. It's In the Garden with Peter Burke, and Peter, you have Rich from Starksboro on the line. Oh, hey, Rich. 
Hi, Peter. How You're are welcome. you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. How about yourself? Good. Yeah, thanks. Um, regarding the, uh, I got a question, but I got some ideas about the uh, the compost and the raccoons. Okay, great. Um, we we have one that uh, it's sort of stackable. It, it uh, the uh, you can pull it off in layers. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. Kind of build it like a Lego or something. Yeah, I've got one too. I know what you're talking about. And I took some some electric fence wire and just wired them all together so they wouldn't rip them up like that. Good idea. And then I took then I took some wire and hooked it at the bottom on both ends. And then I used a like a cheap uh, you know like 500 pound ratchet strap. Okay. A binder. Yeah. And so I just use that when I want to open it. Just uh, so that's a little bit stronger than duct tape. And, sure. And uh, so, but uh, and I'm sure you've probably been, I've been listening sporadically for your show today, um, but I'm sure you talked about uh, covering up the. We don't we're not very good at doing it, but you know you know how they, mm-hmm. they do as do as I uh, say, not yeah, as I do. I do. Thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, the folks, the teacher people on composting, they talk about putting a lot of brown stuff over your smelly stuff, but mm-hmm. I think. I think Joe said, well, they can smell right through it, probably, yeah. that's what he said, but yeah. um, anyway. The question I got is the um, uh, uh, kelp meal, yeah. the azomite, yeah. the progro, yeah. and I think those are the three things, right? Right. Um, what, what would you recommend for somebody who uh, didn't really catch on to that until just about now and everything's all planted and stuff like that none of those three ingredients are in the uh, almost pretty good perfect soil which isn't quite perfect because I don't have those things sure uh, <laughs> uh, well it's easy you just side dress with those things that's all yeah, you know take a tablespoon of, uh, of um, the uh, ProGrow and put one tablespoon in a square foot, sort of scattered around. Same thing with the kelp meal, just sort of scattered around and then and water it. The azomite, just water it, and it'll water right in. There's 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 no and, and the nice thing about the ProGrow is it doesn't really burn the way a, a regular you know chemical fertilizer can. So uh, yeah, no reason not to just um, side dress with those things. They're they're perfect for that. Yeah, we went and bought some of all that stuff last week. Oh, good. So you're all set. Yeah, yeah just, just go ahead and... What, didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> just just side dress, um, you know, uh, it's just, you know, basically a tablespoon of each, uh, you know, in a square foot. It's real okay. easy. All right. And no no problem. You you won't burn your burn anything, and it's uh, it'll just water right in with the next watering or with the next rain. Okay. Now, one last question. We went and got a... Uh, yard we took a trailer and got a, a mm-hmm. yard bucket load of mm-hmm. of compost yeah yep. mixed with our uh, peat moss and our vermiculite sure and it looks like I've maybe used maybe half of the yard so mm. yeah um, should I keep it covered should I uh-huh. I yep. should yeah, yeah. But the the rain and the water will tend to leach out whatever the good stuff is. Right. Um, you can't put too much compost uh, because it's not high in nitrogen or anything. It's just a soil conditioner. It will have some nitrogen in it, not a lot. And so, you know, by covering it up, you'll you will uh, retain the nitrogen and then some of the other nutrients in there. Um, and the covering it up will also help it keep a little cool, so the worms will start to 
start to work their way in around there too. Okay. Well, that's what I've been doing, thinking that's what I should do. And, yeah. Because, um, uh, you know, if it gets to rain all the time, all that mm-hmm. tea, tea that you talk about, mm-hmm. compost tea, will mm-hmm. go into the... It's still on the trail. I'll just go out on the ground on my lawn. I don't <laughs> my lawn yeah. that fertile. <laughs> so the sooner you can get it out there, the better, right? Yeah. Um, the, the lawn will appreciate it. I mean, uh, uh, and I haven't really talked much about keeping the lawn and, and taking care of it with organic uh, stuff, but... You know, it's uh, compost. You can compost your lawn as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to keep it covered so I don't lose my nutrients from my garden. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan, buddy. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks for the call, Rich. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yep. Uh, thank, thank you, Rich. And uh, let's uh, check in with Norm from Bristol. Hey, Norm. Hi. I'm calling back. I've called you a couple of times this yep. year so far. Um, yep. I was wondering, I just got my raised bed all mixed up with mm-hmm. plants in it. I was wondering about next uh, spring. Yeah. Uh, to revitalize it, should I do what? Um, well, I like to put a, a, a cup of the uh, fertilizer in there. Sure. And and that's a, that's a good way. And then if, if you can fit it in, if it's settled down, I like to put in, I usually about a, you know, five-gallon bucket of, of compost. Okay. And and I use those, and that keeps it, uh, you know, keeps it full right to the top, and it also, um, you know, right, n- you know, nourishes the soil. Um, some people like to use, um, you know, a, a broad fork on their on their beds, uh-huh. and uh, you know, in the spring to aerate the soil, um, you know. But that, that's not entirely necessary. I, I've found that you can just use a rake and rake it up and, and right. you're ready to plant. You know, you don't really need to, to break a sweat at all. Okay, so four by four, you, you'd put in a cup of the ProGrow? Yep, yep. That's a tablespoon per square foot, a cup, and uh, that should do. Also, you probably should test your soil. But it, I almost always test on the acid side, so I usually put in a cup of lime. Okay, maybe a cup of lime. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And that that should take care of you pretty well. All right, then. Well, thank you very much. Sure thing, Norm. All right. Yeah, bye-bye. Good luck. Uh, let yeah, me know how it goes. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I had to put netting. I put hoops, uh, three hoops over it. Oh, great. Stuff. Yeah. And I've taken some bird netting and... Oh, just tack some nails around the edges for now mm-hmm. and um, stretched it down tight so that, because I have those metal voles down here too and <laughs> all kinds of things. Chipmunks I've already Ooh, I scattered know. out. Uh, I, have a, I have a heart trap. I just caught another one this morning. I was mm-hmm. standing about three feet away pulling out weeds and mm-hmm. from my raspberries and I heard it click and I said, uh-oh, I got another. So mm-hmm. I, I I bring them across the river from where I live to see if they can swim. <laughs> and they, I let them go just about a foot from the bank and mm. they don't seem to swim too well. So yeah. I'm not sure. I've seen a lot of them. But. Yeah, that's that's one of, the, one of the traps that people have devised is with a bucket of water. So, um, you know, it's it's it seems a little gruesome or whatever but for the most part about the only way to control a, a colony is to is to go ahead and you know thin them out well yeah i've been taking them to work i took one to work yesterday and it was 12 miles away so i don't think that one's coming back i just <laughs> hoping they stay i put on my waders and i waded across the river and mm-hmm. on the other side of the river yeah 
<laughs> I don't know. I, the only way I can tell is just to get some of that powdered, uh, different colored powdered uh, chalk dust or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, well, you have a good afternoon. All right, Norm, thanks. Have a good Father's Day, too. Well, you? thank you. Yeah, all and right. Same to you, yep. All right, thank you. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, the uh, chipmunks at my uh, my bird feeders, which I'm yes. hoping they don't go into the garden, but God knows. Um, they're so tame I can pet them. I can pick one of them up. No. Elroy the chipmunk comes right into my hand. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But uh, they get plenty They get plenty from the bird feeders. I uh, oh, okay. hope they so don't go to the they're, garden. They're, they're well fed. Well, they you probably don't grow strawberries, right? No, no. Yeah. I, I gave up on all yeah. berries. Yeah, I okay. gave up. I, I, I had netting and everything. Mm -hmm. And then I caught uh, caught birds in the netting, which bothered me. Yeah. And then the ultimate thing, I caught a bird in the netting, yeah. and a hawk came and took him out of the oh, netting. Geez. I said, this is this is too 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 uh, too much, uh, you know, uh, of uh, 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 what is those. Well, you're up programs. there by yeah. Mazas. You might yeah. just as well go and, oh, and I, buy them. If you want to know anybody who's uncharitable to crows and other critters, are the they know how to they know how to do, uh, you know, critter control. But then well, again, it's their livelihood. I was going to say, when it's your livelihood, you yeah. do you do yeah. tend to. Yeah. <laughs> and it, but the thing about having Mazas and Loma Tears and uh, the wonderful gardens out there in Mallets mm. Bay, mm -hmm. you know, literally right in my neighborhood, yeah. there's no excuse when you know <laughs> nothing comes up in my garden for certain crops uh, I, I always ask them and they do they do row covers and uh, mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. they have that down to a science I only mention that if you're in the area just uh, check out their farm stands and they'll, they'll they'll walk you into one of their fields oh it's, is that right it's quite the thing to see yeah. oh yeah. Uh, yeah yeah you know it's uh, that was the what was a couple shows ago I was talking about the fortress you know oh you, yeah you, you know if if you're going to keep certain ones you're going to have to have that kind of mentality where where you know it's us or them you know and so well, if you want to grow certain crops you're going to have to fight for them well for bit. strawberries i go to mazes <laughs> and for blueberries i rely on the uh, the goodwill of our friend forms and cards <laughs> oh yes yes i've seen those come in a few yep. times <laughs> Well, that's good. Uh, how are we doing on time? My gosh, we're, I think we're ten minutes over oh, time. Oh, <laughs> I, you know, it's it's we're just having too much fun. Yeah, right. That's all there is to it. It just goes so quickly. And uh, if you want more information on the green manures, I will have it all written up and typed up for, uh, uh, for the uh, where the podcast is. You can watch, look at the podcast, or you can also uh, look up uh, my typed up version of the. Um, of the monologue. And I don't actually usually finish the whole monologue, but I do take the time to type it up and put it on there. So for more information on uh, on green manures and cover crops, check out the website. And right? they, yep. And uh, they, they, uh, one thing, I, with, with the buckwheat, yeah. I let I always like to see the flowers, but boy, yes. make sure that once the flowers come, that's when you plow it under, because you don't <laughs> want it to go to seed. <laughs> yeah. And then you have a cover crop for the next five years. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be a weed as well as a cover crop. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. All right. In the garden. All right, thanks. By inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. In the garden with Peter Burke, uh, 
author of Year-Round Indoor Salad Gardening. Check out his book. And thank you for listening to our program today, and thank you for your calls. We're brought to you by the Willie Store, your True Value Hardware Store near Caspian Lake in Greensboro. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Clausen's.com, get those Monday coupons. Guy's Farm and Yard, your neighborhood community feed grain animal and yard store. There's one near you because they're in Morrisville, Montpelier, St. Albans, and Williston. By Grow Compost, great compost, soils, mulches, right there on Route 2 in Moortown, down the road from the radio station, growcompost.com. By PNR Lumber, your local complete lumber store on Route 15 in Walcott. By Menards Agway, your yard garden and pet place, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Blossom Cottage Florist, top quality flower arrangements. And Taste of the North on Route 302 in Barrie. Find them at tasteofthenorth.com. In Virgen's, a wonderful store, Linda's Apparel, bursting with vibrant colors, stylish accessories, sparkling jewelry, and the most captivating collections of ladies' fashions around, right there on Main Street in the heart of town in Virgen's. By Jail Branch Greenhouse, perennials, annual soils, and all you need for the garden on Route 302 in Barry. And your locally owned Agway store, seeds and feeds, and a whole lot more. Route 302, uh, Route 2, no, right on Route 2 in Montpelier. Do join us again next week in the garden on WDEV. Someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm.